Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to the NBA Morning Deuce for Thursday, March 18th. For the second time. That's right. We had some recording issues. That's what happens in the podcast business, but we're getting it right. At least last time we only recorded for what? Two minutes before we decided, hey, this ain't going to cut it. Mm -hmm. Let's start over. Couldn't see your smiling face. I could barely hear you. It wasn't great. It was a weird, it was a weird, I didn't, but I figured it out. We got it figured out and we are here. You didn't even need to know that, but we like to be honest with the deucers. So we let you know what's going on because you did. There may have been some gold in there that you missed. And now we'll never know because everything was freezing. But we are here and we have a loaded show because there's a lot of basketball games tonight. Some good games. But also, I could. I think it, we can officially say, and this is something I said on the last record for sure. I definitely said this. This is like the official start of trade season. Now, today, mm-hmm. two trades in the NBA that we will talk about three of the four teams that were involved in the trades played tonight. So we'll get right into it and we'll start with the biggest trade and probably the biggest game of the night, right? The weirdest game. Uh, Well, biggest game because it was probably the biggest win for the team that won all year because they really haven't beaten a ton of good teams this year, but we'll start with the trade, which was Houston traded PJ Tucker to the Milwaukee Bucks, along with Rodion's Karuks, who they acquired and did not play at all in the James Harden trade. And they send Milwaukee's 2022 first-round pick back to Milwaukee 
they get DJ, excuse me, DJ Augustine, DJ Wilson loading up on DJs. Mm-hmm. And this is where it's interesting, where I think ultimately Houston could win this trade, depending on what happens over the next couple of years, a 2023 unprotected first round pick, which I think is an interesting thing to, 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 I mean, we, we don't have to keep an eye on it because it's whatever, but before we even talk about Milwaukee, if you're Houston, the way this league changes, that's two full seasons away. Not saying Milwaukee's not a playoff team in two years, but what if somehow Giannis gets hurt or they start to blow things up because they lose in the first round again and they're, they're never going to be the worst team in the league, but what if they're, they fall out of the playoffs in 2020 in that 2023 year. And it's a lottery. I mean, that that's a great move for them for a 35 year old expiring contract that wasn't ever going to play for them again. Anyways, I, I think Houston wins the deal. Not that PJ Tucker, PJ Tucker is very good and every team wanted him, but I think it could potentially sway the deal in their favor down the line. It could just because it's the unprotected. Like you said, um, the picks were really confusing. I had to like reread the trade a bunch of times to fully understand what was going on, but didn't Houston also send one of the bucks picks back to them at one point. That's what I, that's what I said. Okay. But so, they, so the Houston sends back Milwaukee's 2022 first round pick to them. I thought there was a 2021 pick involved as well, but I, maybe a, uh, misremembering what Woj said. There's a pick swap that it says the rocket, the Rockets also get the right to swap its second round pick for Milwaukee's first round pick, unless it falls one through nine. Okay. So then, so Milwaukee probably moves back a little bit. All right. So, so I believe that means the Rockets get Milwaukee's first round pick this year. Right. Unless something absolutely outrageous happens. I, it can't, it's impossible. They're going to make the playoffs so they can't get a top nine pick. Yeah. So very, very unlikely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's impossible. I mean, they'd have to get within the realm. They would have to get completely lumberjacked the rest of the season. Yeah. Yeah, they would. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I just, I really like PJ Tucker going to the bucks because like you said, they're, they're loading up to try to stop the nets, but uh, whenever you can get an unprotected pick when you're Houston and your future is so confusing moving forward, that's always a good thing. Yeah. The Rockets now it says, will likely, likely because of the chance of them somehow falling into the bottom nine, the Rockets now likely own three first round picks in the 2021 draft, including you got to imagine a top three pick because they, you know, unless they get completely boned in the lottery somehow. Yeah. But Um, I think even when, when you lose X amount of games, you can only fall so far. Yeah. Like I think, I think if you, if you end up with the second or first or second worst, then the furthest you could fall is like five or six. Yeah. Something. It's still don't even seem to be on an 18 game losing streak and still not have the worst record in the league. Like that's yeah, absurd. Pretty crazy. Um, so yeah, the PJ Tucker thing is interesting, right? Because when I saw that he got traded to Milwaukee, I have, I love PJ Tucker. I still think he has so much to offer even at 35 because, you know, he didn't play a ton early in his career and he's never been like a go-to guy. So it's not like he has a ton of wear and tear on him. He still has years left. You could tell he, he could still play. But I just felt like of the teams that were vying for him in the East, they were the team that he least makes that much better, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. I thought yeah. if he went to Boston, Miami, or Brooklyn, he is a, an absolute 
chain game changer for any of those teams because they all just desperately need front court help. And not that Milwaukee doesn't need front court help, but they have they're pretty set in their front court. This does not address Milwaukee's by far biggest issue, which is their offense is just not that great. And particularly at end of games, they are going to struggle. This doesn't address that. It helps them become a much more of a switching team, which is what they're going to have to do against Brooklyn because now they can they can put PJ Tucker back at the five. They can either bring Brooke Lopez off the bench, or you know they they could sort of go matchup wise depending on who they play. Like if they play Philly, they can start Brooke Lopez. If they play Brooklyn, they can start PJ Tucker. You know and be able to switch one through five. So it's a good and he's a great three point shooter from the corners. So they can just stick him in the corner on offense and not have to worry about him at all if they so choose. But I thought he would have been such a bigger impact for a team like Boston or Miami and even Brooklyn. Just Brooklyn just doesn't have a ton of front court help right now. Yeah. It, it kind of surprises me. Houston wasn't able to get maybe a little bit more back. Um, well, just because. Now that I, well, now that I realize what this pick swap is, they got two first round picks out of this. Mm-hmm. They basically turned. Tucker and Milwaukee's 2022 pick that they sent back to them into two first round picks. It's pretty right. good. Yeah. And the way Woj put it, like um, they kind of move up a few picks because you got to assume their second round pick this year is going to be very high. And the Bucks first round pick is going to be toward the back end. So like, yeah, that's a good point. They, they, they move up a little bit. Right. Um, but yeah, if, you, if you're the Bucks, I mean, you're being honest with yourself and you're like, we're, we're nowhere close to the nets right now. So, I don't think that, I don't think that's what they think at all. I don't well, think I, mean, I don't think they think they're nowhere close. I mean, they they have yeah, they're good. They're only you know, they were they like a game back of them. They've I don't think they think that. I don't think any look, I don't think any team goes into especially a team that has the back-to-back MVP and is at the top of their conference and playing very good basketball is saying we're nowhere close. I think everybody sees that how hard it's going to be to guard that team. And you want to get as many players as you can get to be a switching team. But I, I, I would, I have to disagree with you there that they think they're nowhere close. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Um, so yeah, great trade. Um, in my opinion for the bucks, I like it a lot. Yeah. I mean, you're entitled to that opinion. It's just, come on. That I don't think any team is saying we're nowhere close unless, I mean, other than like Detroit or teams that have that really are nowhere close. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, like, you think Philly's saying that? They should be. <laughs> well, I know what, like, outside looking in, but if you're in that locker room and you have the best record, you're not looking at it saying, we can't beat them. We can't beat them. So it's going to be tough. That's why we have to get better. But, but I, I would say Brooklyn's probably looking at their roster saying, we could probably use some players too. That's why they went and got Blake Griffin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so, Milwaukee played Philly tonight and uh, for what 40 minutes of this game or so Milwaukee looked horrendous. Well, they, scored, they scored 31 points in the first half. So it's just absolutely insane to look at this final score. Yeah. Um, they, yeah, they, they, they were terrible. They were terrible in the first half. one for 17 from three at one point. It's just, it, it's a horrible loss for the Sixers, just given how buried you had the Bucs. Um, 
it's really weird. The whole game had a weird feel to it. It was ugly the whole way through. Um, you know, I was watching the local broadcast and the post game started with, you know, that's one of the strangest games we've seen in a long time. It's just, it, it was just weird the whole way through, but Bucks got it done in overtime because they turned their shooting around. Really. They finished what they finished. Oh, man, they only had nine three pointers the whole game, which is remarkable. But Yeah. They no scoring off their bench, which I mean, I guess they traded three of their bench players, but I don't think two of them ever play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they're just, this is my, the crazy thing is this is probably, and with this is without Embiid, this is probably like the, one of their signature wins this year. Milwaukee's won a lot of games, but they haven't won a lot of games against like top level teams. I don't think. No, that's, I mean, that's kind of their thing. They just crush bad teams and then usually struggle against good teams. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, it's definitely a, a, like a, a marquee win given how much they came back by and how and how bad they were playing. Um, and yeah, yeah, that's pretty nice. Yeah. Um, for your team, Ben Simmons, not, not happy at the end of the game, huh? You yeah, particularly, I mean, or Sixers fans. Yeah, it's it's hard to bash on him too much just because he has been more aggressive, which is like my my biggest complaint about the guy in general. But this kind of is the Ben Simmons I'm used to seeing against a good defensive team. It's just good defensive teams know how to kind of make him not a factor. And the seven turnovers went a long way towards this comeback. <laughs> and just to really piss me off, Simmons hit a three with one second left to mm-hmm. make it like in a five point game, he pulls up for three and it looks really nice and goes in. Yeah. I mean, I think looking at this game and looking at the matchup, if Philly does run up against this team in the playoffs and beats, it's gotta be all Embiid mm-hmm. because Tobias Harris, I mean, just not a good game eight for 23. And I'm sure I didn't watch the whole game, but I'm sure Giannis was guarding him for a good portion of it. Um, yeah. And Middleton, like they just when they're locked in, they have a good defensive team, and it's just going to get better now that they can switch with PJ Tucker. Yeah. So the other but, thing from this game was Seth Curry turned his ankle, and as soon as he left the game, Sixers offense went to shit. So if Curry misses extended time and Embiid misses extended time, there could be a losing streak or, or like some struggles ahead until they get him back, which is crazy that they depend on him so much. But yeah, pretty ugly turn. Um. Yeah, but look, what what it's it's a tough loss for Philly because it looked like they were going to dominate Milwaukee because of how bad Milwaukee played. But ultimately, you factor Seth Curry, the Seth Curry thing in with Joel Embiid being hurt. This team was on a roll without Joel Embiid. Like they're bound to lose a game. Yeah, it has had to happen at some point. Yeah, it was just the way it went down. I mean, if you if it so the thirty one points Milwaukee scored in the first half was because they couldn't do any like they were just playing horrible. So it's like okay, maybe we capitalize on that, especially when seeding. I mean, we know the top of the East is going to be tight. I don't know. I'm just I have a really bad taste in my mouth after that second half debacle. Yeah, this was a weird night in general for the Eastern Conference. A lot mm-hmm. of teams getting um, ham fisted. And pull up here, yeah. And uh, so, a loss tonight 
even though, yeah, the seating up at the top is going to be interesting, I guess for those top three teams, it's just going to probably be down to the wire. It would be really tough. I can't imagine Miami or any of the teams below Miami, who's four right now, kept making up of five games. I, I mean, I guess they could, but I don't see all three of those teams, Philly, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, falling off substantially. So Miami, who we're about to talk about, or one of these other teams would have to be on such an absurd run like Atlanta is right now, but I don't know that that lasts either, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so speaking of Miami, that's where the other trade was today. Miami traded Myers Leonard. Farewell. He is probably will not play in the NBA this year because I believe OKC's plan is to just not either wave him or let him go. They traded Myers Leonard and Sam Presti's favorite thing in the world, a second round pick. You think he likes them more than first rounders? I think, well, he just loves picks. He loves them. He's crazy about them. For a man who has not played basketball in quite some time, Trevor Ariza, a man who a lot of people probably thought Trevor Ariza plays basketball in the NBA still. Uh, For those who have forgotten Trevor Ariza, opted out of the bubble last year because he, and if you can check this while I'm saying it, just to make sure I'm not wrong, mm-hmm. he was having a custody battle with it over his child and he opted out so he could spend time with his kid. And then he got moved in the off season to OKC and just hasn't played for OKC. I believe potentially to stay with his kid and then he's been down in miami recently actually for the past few months i guess working out with stan remy who is one of the big workout guys down here in miami there's also i'm looking at the custody thing it it looks accurate but there's also like allegations of abuse and stuff that have gotten thrown away so something very confusing happened in his personal life last year yeah but i'm i think the reason at least that he gave for opting out was he was going through the custody battle and he wanted to spend time with his kid because they weren't sure what was going to happen and whatever so anyways that's all to say this he has not played basketball in over a year, I guess, like NBA basketball, because they had the stoppage and then he didn't go to the bubble. And then now he hasn't played this year. So only giving up Myers Leonard and a second round pick is a, is great for Miami because it mm-hmm. gives them the flexibility now with they still have multiple expiring contracts and players that they can move. So they still are have the flexibility to potentially go do something else. But we'll just have to see. I mean, I like the deal for Miami because Ariza, if he's health, if he's right and healthy and in shape, essentially is a much better version of what you're hoping Mo Harkless would give you. So mm-hmm. with playoff experience, championship right. experience. And he's a, a proven shooter in the NBA. Like Mo Harkless is a streak, has had some years where he could shoot the ball, but Ariza is a three. He's like the legit definition of three and D guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, and that would give them the flexibility to put him in the starting lineup at the four, move Kelly Linick to the bench. So we got to see, I mean, that it's a good deal for my, I think it's a good deal for Miami because they didn't give up much. They get rid of (laughs) Myers Leonard, which they were going to have to do at some point, whether they waived him or traded him. So, and they only give up a second round pick. It's a good deal. And now they wait to see. Now it also gives them the flexibility to say, like, we don't have to rush to make a trade. We could wait to see if someone gets bought out. And if no one gets bought out, we don't make a trade. Then we, we're one of the hottest teams in the NBA right now until tonight. 
think we just ride it out and see what we can do in the East. Mm-hmm. It's truly like they're just adding something with upside because we knew Myers Leonard wasn't going to play. So, and it's what they need. It's what they desperately yeah, needed with upside position. is a stretch, potentially a stretch, small stretch four who can switch and guard every position other than like a real five. So, and look, the the way Miami played tonight against Memphis, they desperately need that punch they need him to come in and be right because it's not from him they need to do another move because miami lost to memphis 89 85 that is their sixth game anyway i talk about on this show and the other show all the time about how they lead the league in wins holding their opponent under 100 points they also lead the league in losses scoring 85 points or less so the offense is arguably just as bad as the defense. The defense has just been a little bit better and so elite that they've been winning a ton of games, but this is glaring. And you look at this eight of 34 from three, they just continue to jack up those threes, even though they are not making any of them. Kelly Olenek, who has actually been one of their better offensive players as of late, got in foul trouble. And this team just fell apart, which is very concerning if your team is not playing well without Kelly Olenek. Yeah. And I mean, I see Princess Achua got 10 minutes. Is that because of the foul trouble? I'm assuming. (laughs) What'd you call him? Oh, I do that all the time. Precious Achua. What'd you call call him? I call her Princess Achua. (laughs) I've done that before, not on the show, but I've definitely done that before. Why? I don't know. (laughs) They're similar sounding, but yeah, but Princess sounds like you're like insulting him. It does. Yeah. Well, all right, I've got that. If if he needs to be insulted later, I've got that in the back. Uh, Precious Achua had 10 minutes tonight. Is that because of the foul trouble? or like, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's because of the foul trouble because last game he didn't play. Yeah, and he's, his minutes have been super limited, I thought, recently. He's just not – he's not – he doesn't bring a whole lot right now. Mm-hmm. He just, he's just – he's literally become just like an energy guy. He, um, he still has a lot – he is obviously still has huge upside, but he's not good – the, the big thing, and I, I think I mentioned this before the show, and I, I'm going to go through these tweets because I want you to I want you to judge whether I tweet. I, th- I Twittered. I Twittered this dude so hard tonight mm. on Twitter on, on heat Twitter. OK, yeah. so I tweeted this out during the game. I said, I think the Heat are in a good enough spot where they can rest guys here and there if necessary. It might be time for Goran Dragic to take a night off for maintenance. This is the third. This was after the first half. So this is the first game in a row where he looks flat on offense. He's now three of 21 from the field, one of 11 from three over the past 10 quarters. It didn't get much better in the second half. He ended up two of 11 from the field, 0 of four. So that makes him, I want to say, what was the numbers that I had? Three of 21. So I think that makes him now four of 26 and 0 for, or, and one for like 15 from three over the past three games. Mm-hmm. So this guy, who, by the way, he follows me. So thanks. Z is what his, it's all it says is Z. He's a Heat fan. It says he's been rested, played four games before the All Star break. Now he has another four, has nothing to do with rest. Okay. So I said, do you mean that he rested during the All Star break? Because the games he missed before the break weren't rest, he had a sprained ankle. 
Sometimes a 34-year-old just needs a night off. And his he responded. He literally said that he didn't really need the All-Star break because he was resting the three weeks he was out. Obviously, he still got the All-Star break. Sadly, it looks like the result of injuries. And I said, right. So he rested while he was injured. He came back. He played solid. Now he doesn't look right, potentially because of injuries. The remedy for that would certainly be rest, no? And he said, honestly, he's only played one good game versus Utah in the second half versus Chicago. Maybe you're absolutely right, but he looked like this since coming back from the injury. And then I said, Z started backing down. Oh, yeah. No, I, I Twittered him. I said, Chicago and Utah were particularly strong games, but he scored double figures in seven straight games when he came back from the injury. Some are more efficient than others, but the past three games, including tonight, he's just been especially bad. He's too important down the stretch for an offense that already looks rough. If injuries are still impacting him, Miami's playing good enough for him to take some time off to get right. Um, and then, then he goes, he's literally the only player I trust as a playmaker in the playoffs outside Jimmy. As you say, he's too important to be forced in a back-to-back if he's really tired. So <laughs> it all came full circle. I wow, Twittered see. the fuck out of that guy. Yeah, Z was probably questioning a lot of things about himself after that exchange because it's rare for somebody to do a 180 on Twitter like that. But yeah. the point, I mean, Goran Dragic was so goddamn important to like their run last year. Like exactly, and, yeah, and, like he and it's he not is unheard of important. for a 34 year old to just take some nights off, dude. Mm-hmm. This is a very bad stretch. He's had inefficient stretches, but not like this. He looks horrible out there, and he does look slow. His shots look short. Like, just bench the guy. You want you just were coming off six in a row. It's back to back. He didn't. He just he just doesn't look good. But none of the guards look good. Kendrick Nunn was awful in this game. Tyler Hero was pretty bad. He hit a couple shots in the end, but really was not very good. Uh, Duncan Robinson's three of like this whole offense is just not good. It's not good, and it's alarming. And I I can't put my finger on it when I watch them. Because other than the fact that they still, they insist, insist, insist on living and dying by the three and it, and they are dying. They are one of the worst three point shooting teams by percentage in the NBA this year. And they still take a ton of threes every game. And it's, it gets to the point where it's like, how long can you go being like, well, eventually the threes will fall because we're a good three point shooting team. Maybe you're just not a good th- Maybe you're not as good of a three-point shooting team as you think, and you got to start getting into the mid-range, playing more pick and roll, forcing paint touches, just like doing more things in, outside of forcing these three-point shots. 11 threes from Duncan Robinson when he's three for 11 right. seems I mean, unnecessary. It's a, like the secret's out on Duncan. Like Duncan Robinson is still like as good of a shooter as there is in the league, top five at the least, but like he's not – I mean, he's on everyone's radar, you know? Yep. Um, so it makes sense. They lost Jay Crowder. Like, they, they aren't the same. Like, the three-pointer, it makes sense that it's not as effective this year. But Right. And hopefully you would help this Trevor Ariza trade for Miami's sake. If he shoots the ball at, like, say, a high 30s clip, and then, they, then they're not starting three. Because for some reason, Kelly Olenek, is shooting really bad from three when he's at the four, but when he's at the five, he's shooting the ball great. So yeah. they start, they get a non-shooter out of a guy who's not really stretching the floor out of the lineup. They 
now they're not shooting a bunch of non-shooters. And then even, and then when Kelly comes in at the five, it makes them super versatile. I don't know. They just, the offense looks bad. They need a shot in the arm. We've been saying it for a while though, Mm -hmm. with this, for this offense, they just happen to be playing some of the best defense we've seen in a long time. Cause Memphis only scored 89 points. In this yeah. Game. That's crazy. Yeah. That's a, that's a straight up nineties game. I know. 89, 85. Nobody on Memphis even scored over 15 points. Like, I know. That's crazy. Jimmy Butler is still playing incredible by the way. Mm-hmm. It's just that everyone else is playing bad right now. Offensively. Right. Yeah. Normally these types of losses, we're always pinning it on Jimmy Butler, not being aggressive enough, but he's yeah, he's plenty aggressive tonight. Yep. Uh, all right. The other team, so that's three of the top four teams in the East. The top team is the Nets. Well, the top team is Philly, but the Nets are the Nets. No Kevin Durant still. Kyrie Irving didn't play. They're playing the Pacers, who looked like they maybe were getting it together. Karis LeVert's playing now. They're getting healthy. And Brooklyn just doesn't lose basketball games. Put up James, Harden, James Harden, 40, 15, and 10. Uh, and I hate to say it, but maybe people are right. Maybe he is going to be in the MVP conversation. I guess the longer would, KD stays out, it would. Yeah, it depends how many total games KD misses. But his numbers are like a joke. He's put. He's like, how many triple doubles has he had since joining the Nets? Like most of his games, I feel like have been a triple double. It's crazy. Yeah, no, he's had a lot, and it's just like they continue to win these games, these regular season games, and you know, there's a legitimate shot that they could finish with the best record in the league also. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So yeah, he he's holding it down for them. And that's more that you – so it also it, – I guess, again, it just depends on where the, the, the moving target is this year for what the criteria is for MVP. Yeah. Because, yes, right now he's the most important – the most valuable player to that team because he's playing. But he's also – not there's three valuable players you know what i mean and he's just not like any anybody voting for mvp should know that he's not the best player on his own team and i like again that's not like a certified criteria but he just wouldn't get my vote for that reason yeah but they just they don't lose right now they're just not losing basketball games and the pacers actually they played pretty well just the nets are so and this roster is not good. They're just playing at such with such confidence right now. Like mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't mean the roster is not good. I just mean like without Kyrie and KD. Yeah, it doesn't. James look Harden like it looks like James be. Harden's playing with the Rockets again. Right. You know, but they're playing in the East, and you know, I mean, he's with D'Antoni essentially. Yeah, D'Antoni. Joe on Harris has been sick. Joe Harris has been. Uh, yeah, Joe Harris is very good, but look at the rest of that team. Yeah, it's it's underwhelming. Three guys on the NBA.com box score that don't have headshots. What? There must be something wrong with their headshots. Yeah, why say, why did Joe Harris not have a headshot? Yeah, that seems like a, a technical issue. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that so that was, I guess, the those are the top four in the East, but a lot, I mean, there's a lot of action. The Eastern Conference is just it was a weird night for the East. Boston who Boston loses to Cleveland. Um, terrible loss for them. This is a horrible loss. But also sort of just highlights what 
we've been talking about with this team all year, which is if one of their top four players doesn't play, they're not a good team. Mm-hmm. They're not a competitive top half team. And Kemba didn't play. And even though Kemba is not what Kemba used to be, they have so much invested in these top four guys in, t- towards their success that one guy doesn't play. They got beat down by the, by the Cavs. And they only lost by seven, but that's not indicative of the score. They were getting right. beat up in this game. And the Cavs are just awful. We know that. And the Celtics, to me, it's always about this front court. It's just terrible. They get five points from their starting front court. Um, Robert Williams, I mean, he had a decent game, but he came off the bench for them. I, I think I think they just need to make that switch. Like, Robert Williams should be starting for them, in my opinion. He's getting starter minutes, but Semi Ojale and, and Daniel Tice, it's just so bad considering – the star power you have on the team. I just can't believe it's gotten this bad for Danny Ainge. Yeah. And I went back, I was looking. If this team gets knocked out early, I don't, I, I, I there's a lot of people that are blaming this on Brad Stevens, mm-hmm. which is absurd to me. And I, I don't know if Danny Ainge is on the hot seat or what the, the thought process is in Boston. I think we've brought this up a few times. Like they're only two years from remo- removed from going to -to back-to-back Eastern Conference Finals. Jalen Brown was on both of those teams. Jason Tatum was on one. But if you look at the playoff, those playoff runs, Terry Rozier, Al Horford, Marcus Morris, Kelly Olenek, and Jay Crowder were on those teams. They were Jay Crowder and Kelly Olenek were on the first one. Terry Rozier, Al Horford, and Marcus Morris were on the next one. If you had those guys on this team right now, this team would be a favorite in the East. No question. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he's draft. I mean, he's hit home runs with his, with these two draft picks and Tatum and Brown, and then hasn't done like everything else has been sort it's of been failure. Pretty bad. Yeah. And Marcus smart. He drafted Marcus Spartan as well. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, we drafted most of the guys on this team. I just mean drafted. Like we drafted Ojale, Peyton Pritchard, Robert Williams, Grant Williams, Carson Edwards, like all those guys are draft picks, but that's the problem we've noted on the, you you can't, you can't win solely building through the draft. You have to hit on probably two of the three or three of the three, which is trades and free agency. Their trades. I love Kemba, but doesn't seem like the Kemba thing is working out that well right now. Uh, And the Kyrie thing didn't work out and their free agent pickups this year were, Tristan Thompson and Jeff Teague, mm-hmm. who we were excited about, but obviously has not worked out very well. Right. Well, they let Al Horford and Gordon Hayward walk or couldn't pay them essentially, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, yeah. no, they, they traded Al Horford, age. didn't they? Yeah, I guess Al Horford was a trade, but it had to do with his contract, I believe. Yeah. I forget. But Boston has lost two in a row now. They're 20 and 20. They're in the seven seed. I'm not ready to say that they are not a lock to make the playoffs, but they're teetering. They're teetering because again, the Pacers and the bulls are pretty good teams. Like mm-hmm. those teams could make runs. Uh, and the Hawks are playing great. Like Boston, I, everything in my mind and heart tells me this is a play. This team will be in the playoffs, but they're sort of teetering where other teams in the East are getting better, even though tonight was not indicative of that. Boston doesn't seem to be getting better. The Pacers, the Bulls, 
the Hawks, the Hornets, the Heat, and the Knicks even to a little bit of an extent all seem to be trending up. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Yeah, and Boston is- And Boston seems to be trending way down, and especially when even one guy sits, which is, Mm. that's a bad way to be. Yeah, I mean, this is, I think this is probably the most important team to, well, one of the most important teams to keep a look at on the trade deadline because they just have to do something that changes like a big pillar of this team. Like they need to look different after this trade deadline, in my opinion, to feel good about where this is going. Because right now it's just, it's Tatum and Brown and Smart and then a bunch of just. Oh my goodness. Breaking news on the NBA Top Shot Discord. Whoa. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Thursday, March 18th, 12 p.m. Pacific. Rare all-star game packs. Mm. Seven moments, $229 a pack. God damn it. I guarantee you I win the lottery. Hold on, hold on. Only available for purchase to accounts that already have started their collection and own at least three moments. Wow. At the time of the drop. Wow. Okay. So I'm feeling pretty good about that. I just don't know if I can spend $229 on video clips at the moment, but yeah, but you're almost guaranteed to get yeah, one that you can turn around for that much money if you want. And you got to right? wait like a month to get your money out. I'm going to do I mean, what am I talking? I'm going to absolutely buy this thing, but. Yeah. Now I can't wait until 3 I kinda, p.m. I guess I should. Coast. I mean, I sold one the other day for 70. I can probably sell this booker for 50 or 60. That'll get me halfway there. Just like mm-hmm. that. I got my stimulus coming. Tax returns, right? Tax return. Get paid on Friday. I mean, it's just, you know, maybe I'll lower my Kyrie price. 
Might have to. Might have sell, to get that thing sold. Sell, yeah. sell that Kyrie. If I, yeah, Especially because that, that card is like seeing stars and this is an actual all-star card. Like you'd rather have that. Yeah, they. I could sell that Kyrie for 200 and then I'm good. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what I'll... Let me... I'm going to go on the marketplace see, after this. Yeah, I see. see the wheels are spinning here. That actually probably is a better move. Mm-hmm. As long as the marketplace is open. Well, but then, but what then what if I sell the Kyrie and I don't get a pack? Then I just sold it for less than I wanted to sell it for. Right. Wow. This is really the clamps of a free. Well, actually, no, here's what I'll do. No, what I do is I get the pack and then sell the Kyrie to get the money back. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can do that. It's just to get the actual like liquid cash is going to take a while is a problem. Oh man. But how could you not get it at this point? We're yeah, so, this we're point, so deep. I mean, it's in the, all I think about. So we're so deep in the it, top yeah. shot game. It's derailed yeah. our entire episode. We mm-hmm. still have so many games to get through, yeah. but that is breaking news. That's just huge. got put in the discord at five minutes ago. Wow. When did, did we beat LG on this? Probably not. <laughs> uh, no, there's no way. Although I haven't seen a tweet about it, but Oh, wait here. Yep. Nope. The first mint tweeted about it 17 minutes ago. Yeah. 36,000 packs also, by the way. Oh, I'm getting one. I'm going to need one. 36,000 packs and you have to own three moments? That's mm-hmm. interesting. Huh. I mean, I might have to take out a loan tomorrow. For me, I'll give you a good rate. Yeah? Yeah. All right, let's get back to this. Um, Celtics are in trouble. I will wrap up that. Celtics are in trouble. Celtics, I won't, I'm not ready to say they're in trouble, but they're teetering. And they're teetering on being in trouble. There's 32 games left in the season. They've played 40 games. They are teetering on trouble. Uh, who else? Charlotte got, Charlotte got absolutely lumberjacked tonight. I see that, yeah. By the by Nuggets. We're getting the hot. Nuggets. Nuggets are hot. You know who's hot? Like smoking, like 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 sexy right now. Michael Porter Jr. is MPJ balling. Yeah, I think he th- this might be his fifth or sixth game in a row scoring twenty points. Uh, yeah, fifth game in a row scoring twenty points. He's averaging in the month of March. He's averaging nineteen. He's it's a. That's exactly what they need. Like this was the next step for them. I really, we, we've been saying that for a while. Yeah, it's huge. It is a huge thing for them. Christ, man, you know you're getting smoked if you're Charlotte when Bowl Bowl's getting five minutes against you. I mean, that's well. So the so the big news really with that. So Denver wins one twenty nine one oh four. Right, mm-hmm. trying to pull it back up. One twenty nine one oh four. Like I said, Michael Porter Jr. has just. Take seems to be potentially taking the next step for them. Like you said, that is a scary proposition for the, for the Western conference. If he becomes this guy, because mm-hmm. if he's a 25 point a game scorer for this team and Jamal Murray can become the possibility be of more <laughs> of the up and down that he is. And obviously Jokic playing, doing what he does. That's, that is a, that is a scary three right there plus everyone else starting to get healthy yeah Yeah, their bench is okay it's okay it's not like it's not like they have any major holes there 
Yeah. This is a team to watch for sure. Yeah. Uh, but the story, the story, Alex, here is there was a report from Chris Sheridan today that the Nuggets and the Magic are discussing a deal potentially for Aaron Gordon mm. that would have to include Bull Bull. Oh, that is the story. Oh, please make that happen. Free Bull Bull. Yeah. Bull Bull playing for Steve Clifford. I am all in on that. I actually thought about selling my Kyrie earlier and buying a bowl bowl top shot just on the chance that he gets traded and goes and plays for Steve Clifford. It's kind of messed up. That's the exact thing that just went through my head, but I'm going to, I think he had like a bunch of moments last year. He has them on there. The cheapest one on there was like 200 bucks. So I was okay. thinking about lowering my Kyrie price and buying yeah. this bowl bowl. Now, obviously I need that money for the pack. Want that to happen and the nuggets i mean paul Millsap, like you know he's old you know so aaron gordon slides in there perfectly and then paul Millsap can be this bench role guy god that would be a good trade for i don't know ways, man I, I don't love aaron gordon i mean i guess he's good for that he's better for them right now mm-hmm. but that could be one of those trades that we look back at five years from now we're like what were they thinking you think so? I, why? Because of Gordon's contract, or no? Because Bull Bull. Oh, oh, because oh, yeah, yeah, Bull yeah, Bull. Yeah, I'm tripping. Yeah. I mean, Bull Bull. He. I mean, we. We're, we might be higher than, on him than most other shows out there, but he's. He has the potential to be, what. Porzingis was before he got hurt, and maybe more. I think. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So, Go, is the I hope the Bull Bulls episode is still somewhere on the the internet. Go listen to that if you're listening to this and you haven't heard it. So we were all about Bull Bull in the off season. We're still all about Bull. Yeah, love that guy. Uh, all right. What else? What else? Uh, oh, Toronto, man. So Toronto lost to <laughs> Norm Powell had 43 points tonight for Toronto. And they lost to Detroit, 116-112. They've lost six in a row now. And there seems to be a direct correlation with Norm Powell becoming their best player and them losing because they were completely healthy in this game. OG Ananobi is the only one who sat. They had everyone back. Powell over the last seven games has is averaging 30 a game. And he's uh, he, and they've lost six in a row. <laughs> Well, that's, I mean, the reason they've lost that many rows is the COVID shit, right? But, but here's like, yeah, it got me thinking. And I looked this up. Fred Van Fleet got four years, $85 million from this team. And he averaged 17 a game last year and shot 38% from three. Mm-hmm. Norm Powell is now averaging just about 20 and shooting 45% from three. So he's going to get $100 million from this team. He has a player option. Yeah. And then this core of super semi above average players is in place for the next five years. And then the Raptors can be a 500 team until, uh, until um, Siakam retires or something. I don't well, know. they have a huge, huge decisions to make here because they, they can't keep all these guys. So they either have to trade Norm Pout. You can't pay him when you just paid all these other guys, or they have to trade one of these guys that they just paid if they think now that Norm Powell is the guy. Mm-hmm. But you can't, you can't pay him after you just paid all these other guys. Plus, there's Chris Boucher who's going to get paid. 
you're going to pay. Plus, all you're not winning. <laughs> like I'm thing. just saying, you're going. That's what yeah. I mean. You're going to yeah. pay all these guys who are putting up good numbers on a bad team. Yeah. It just. I mean, Kyle Lowry comes off the books after this year, so you save some money there. But, ugh, it, it just can't happen. So, there might be. Uh, I, I would be surprised if they don't make some type of move here, ahead coming to, 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 to the deadline because, I just don't see how they could keep all these guys and expect to pay all these guys and expect to be a competitive NBA team. Yeah, I, I don't. Do you think trading Powell makes the most sense then? It, I mean, he has a very movable contract. He, right. he makes He's like making- $10 million and he has a player option for next year. But you also have to like wonder, well, what, what are you going to get? Because any team that trades anything of remote value for Norm Powell, they better be ready to give him $80 million in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to say that he's a $20 million a year guy? I don't know. He's averaging 19 a game, but they're not a playoff team. So what does that mean? But he is shooting 45% from three. So maybe he is. Is he better than Fred Van Fleet? I don't know. Well, to both guys are <laughs> like, excellent, excellent bench player, like excellent six men type right. guy. And those, I'm not really pumped to pay those type of players 20 million a year. So Norm Powell is more physically natural at the two guard, even though he's not huge. He's like six three. I think Van Fleet's listed something like six one, six two. I think he's like five eleven. Yeah, if that. But so yeah, I don't know, man. But Powell, it's not necessarily his fault that they're losing. You're right. He's playing great basketball. He's going to get a lot of money. Mm-hmm. He get a lot of money. Norm Powell, let, let me tell you this. Norm Powell has a chance to make $100 million. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever think you'd hear those words? No. Well, I mean, with this new influx of revenue the NBA is getting from Top Shots, I mean, who knows what the salary cap's going to do. Yeah, that's so. a good point. That's a good Anybody point. Can make a hundred million dollars, dude. That's true. Uh, all right, Sacramento. Wait, was there anything I was else? Actually, Sadiq Bay had twenty-eight points, and Pistons yeah, you know are what? loading up on young wings. That's kind of cool. A, no, it is interesting. I was thinking about this, looking at their roster earlier. Is now they have Killian Hayes when he comes back from the injury. Sadiq Bay has looked really good. Jeremy Grant is having a great year. Hamadou Diallo Hamadou now, Diallo. Isaiah Stewart. And for all the shit we gave whoever their G- – Troy Weaver, mm-hmm. they do have a lot of young, like, solid players. Just they got eventually – and they're so bad that they could get the first pick. So maybe yeah. they'll drop, so you know. That really – like this pick for them is so – it might be like their most – like one of the most important assets in the whole league, like in terms of the – like they must nail this pick. Um, yeah. Cause I feel like next year they're going to be, you know, not a good team, but like not a first overall pick type team. Being a draft analyst is got, is like the best job in the world. Yeah. Cause you, yeah, you just, you can't be wrong. Like no one's ever, unless you're like a maniac, no one's ever like digging back and looking at all the things you said wrong. Like all, like for example, and I'm not, this is not even me dogging this guy because actually he's one of the better draft analysts there are, but Sam Vecini, he tweeted out the other day, like his top five or top four at the moment for this year's draft. And he's like, I feel bad putting any of these guys fourth because they're all so good. Any of them could go one. That's sort of a cop out. Right. And then last year, everyone was talking about how bad that draft was, but Anthony Edwards, LaMelo ball and James Wiseman all look pretty damn good. 
Mm-hmm. So, but all, so all those draft analysts were wrong because it looks like there's potentially multiple franchise players from that. And now they're all saying that this next draft is going to be one of the best drafts we've seen. Like all that there's four guys who could be number one. It's bound to be that at least one of those guys is not good next year. Yeah. Almost but then yeah. as a draft analyst, you could just say, well, they're all great. And then when one of them's not great, you're like, yeah, but I said this guy was great. It's like, mm-hmm. and you can't ever be also, wrong. You can always point to, oh, well, he went to the wrong circumstance, you know, if he didn't right. have, like, it's like, yeah, it is such a cushy job because I mean, it's a gimmick, that that, it's, <laughs> What? It's like a gimmick type job. Nobody actually knows. Like, it, well, it's that it's like that and being a fantasy analyst. Yeah. Yeah. Because like fantasy analysts, I've noticed like they, they obviously study the numbers and they study trends, but they're also in like 30 leagues each. Right. So they're so they right. could be like, yeah. I, I've won nine, I won nine leagues this year. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You, you were in 52. Yeah. Like, you know, um, yeah, those jobs. Good for those guys though. You yeah. Know? They got in, all those guys got in when it mattered and mm-hmm. making a lot of money. Just being wrong 96% of the time. It's, yeah, it's nobody remembering. Right, exactly. The 24-hour news cycle. Just being well, we wrong. saw new to be wrong about. Right, you know? exactly, exactly. Uh, okay. Um, Bulls lost to San Antonio. And it, the Bulls also in this game were up by 23. So that's they blew that one. They blew that badly. They lost the fourth quarter 39 to 19. Not good. Jakob Pertle with 20 and 16. Hmm. Hey, I'll take it. Yeah, it's weird what's going on with the Bulls because they're good. They're up and down. And then you know that Billy Donovan put Thaddeus Young and Sadoransky in the starting lineup and benched Kobe White and Wendell Carter, brought them off the bench. It hasn't really worked. Do they go back to those guys? Like I I think they they seem, they're yeah. pretty up and down, but again, they're young. young they're probably team. a little ahead of schedule. Definitely. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, oh, yeah. Christian Wood came back tonight, which is How'd awesome. Yeah. <laughs> awesome for Houston. He had 21 and nine, but they lost their 17th game in a row to the Warriors. Mm. Tough, tough game to have to come back to. I think it's 18. Hold on. Just first. Yeah, it's 18 according to ESPN. They've God. lost eight to 18 in a row. But also, when Christian Wood was playing and they were winning games, John Wall was playing. Eric Gordon was playing. Mm-hmm. Other guys, PJ Tucker was playing. He comes back to a starting lineup of Kevin Porter, Sterling Brown, Jay Sean Tate, and Daniel House. So he could play. He's going to put up numbers. This team is not going to win games. Yeah. Sucks. Kevin Porter Jr. with another good game. That's that's a little bit of a revelation. So that's fun if you're Houston, but I just can't I can't imagine 18 in a row is is brutal. And I mean that's like and to also not have the worst record is blowing my mind. But yeah, well, the best part for the of the Kevin Porter Jr. thing right now is that they still haven't really adjusted his value on FanDuel. So he's still like a six thousand dollar player. Uh, okay. So he's a mu- he's like a must play until they adjust him up to where he's where his value actually is right now. Right. Uh, good win for the Warriors. And like no one really, it's just like one of those things where Houston's so bad. 
no one mm-hmm. on this team really went off. It was just mm-hmm. like an well, all Steph, You saw Steph got had to leave the game. He he had a tailbone bruise. Hopefully, hopefully that's not an extended thing, but it was ugly. Okay. It must have been right at the end. It must have been in the second half late because he played 30 minutes. Yeah, it was weird. He like took a three and then was like kind of backpedaling and just expecting to kind of run into someone on the bench to break his fall. And there was no chair or anything there. And he just yeah, I fell that. really hard on his ass and, and had to leave the game. Yep, I missed that. I miss that. Uh, yeah, well, it's just tough for the Rockets. I, I feel like we're doing this every time they play, mm-hmm. but it's I mean, it's true. It just sucks. Uh, and then the last game, well, Washington lost to Sacramento. I, I'm just I don't I can't talk about Sacramento games. No, we all we really have to say is like my bold prediction is couldn't be going any worse. I said the Wizards were going to catch somebody in the standings but the wizards haven't won a game since they came back from the break so that's not good yeah uh, and then the last game was luca's thick ass uh getting it done they beat the clippers these these clippers they were visibly sleepwalking in this game paul george had a great game and then everyone else is just kind of walking around luca loves playing the clippers huh yeah 42 in this one mm-hmm. they end up winning 105.89, but yeah, but that's the Clippers MO. We talk about it all the time. Constantly talk about it. Constantly. Win a game, look like shit in the next game. Dallas that's why this team's not, not good. 89 points against this Dallas D is, is really bad. And this is probably the best game, to, at least efficiency-wise, that Luca's had in a while. Mm-hmm. No, he was fantastic tonight. He was really excellent. You would think, like, this is the this is again, another one of the things with the Clippers, like, you would think this is where I question Kawhi. Where I've always I, I continue to question Kawhi as a leader because in Toronto he had all those vets, Lowry, Casal, Serge, San Antonio obviously had all these other guys. Luca, ball. This kid is fat. He's young. He's a little <laughs> bit cocky. He's got everything. <laughs> And he just lights your ass up every time he plays you. You're supposed to be the best defensive wing in the league. There's no pride. Like, is there nothing in that robotic mind of his that's like, I, all right, tonight I need to lock this guy down? Like, he embarrasses this team. Yeah. Almost, almost fully embarrassed them last year, right? They almost beat this team in the first round or no? Am I right? They, they won two games. Okay. But he was injured. Like the, the, Porzingis oh, was injured. Yeah, he hurt his ankle. Mm-hmm. They were shorthanded. It should have been a sweep. Yeah. Uh, but he played, he played incredible mm-hmm. other than when he was like really hurt. But yeah, it's just, I would think at some point Kawhi would take the challenge and be like, okay, not tonight. You're not going to beat the shit out of us. Right. But it seems like every time Luca plays them, he just falls out, mm-hmm. which is the, that's more than him being great because we know he can have these great games. It's again, it's just another concerning thing with the Clippers or it's like this team doesn't give a fuck. I'll tell you what, if I had to bet on it right now, I would bet that Kawhi Leonard opts out and leaves the Clippers after this. I think so too. I really do. I think he's, he's rubbed the wrong way about the doc rivers firing and his team has a bunch of busters on it. They've got a bunch of busters. Yeah, they do have a bunch of busters. Did you see what he said the other day? Kawhi, no. He He said, said, said like, a bit, basically, he said, we need to have more urgency, like more of a, more attention to detail. He said, we have to have more of something. Mm -hmm. The great teams have this 
I forgot what the, what it, I think it was either attention to detail or urgency, whatever he said, it was one of those things where it was like, well, that's not, oh, consistency. So mm-hmm. we need to have more consistency. Great teams have consistency. That doesn't sound like a good thing. No, but we've that's also not- pinpointed that. <laughs> yeah. Like this team thinks they can flip the switch in the playoffs. I don't think they can. Yeah. But that, that, but that just sounds like the talk of a guy who, yes, yeah, like, if they don't go to the finals is gone. That would shake up some things. What if you went to the Lakers? The Knicks, dude. That's the one that that is. If you went to the Knicks, how that'd be electric. Yeah, but uh, that's the one place where obviously it would be electric. But like, he's the one guy that I'm just like, could he play for Thibodeau? Right. That that would be concerning. The I'm minutes, just, I just the know. minutes, and the sitting games, and like that's just not Thibodeau's style. But I mean, I'm sure they would accept it to get a guy like that in New York. But mm-hmm. that's the one guy in the NBA right now that I'm like, man, they feels like they would clash eventually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just think I I think low key Kawhi is so cognizant of his like legacy and like he could turn the Knicks around. I mean, that is legacy type shit right there. But just well, remember though, just remember that after they lost in the playoffs last year. And still to this point, no one's really talking about, I've been talking about this since they lost that his, his legacy is taking major, major, major hits. Uh And that I said it after the playoffs Yep. when they lost, but now if, if it goes bad this year, we have to, I, I, I I still contend. You got to kind of have to rethink everything we thought before about Kawhi, Mm -hmm. even with the two back. Well, even with the two finals MVPs, that's great. But Again, Andre Iguodala has a finals MVP. Like finals MVPs are important, but the but when you play when when you play on a great team, changes. He's got to he's going to have to prove that he's that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I guess I don't think maybe ever in the history of basketball, I don't know if anyone's legacy took as big a step forward as Kawhi's did beating that Warriors team. Even be, I mean, I know Durant was out and everything, but like he went from and like so is Clay. He went from like great player, unbelievable player to wait, are we looking at an all time player here, you know, in the matter of one postseason? And so now, like, you know, maybe it was an overcorrection, you know, and his legacy went so high. And now we're scaling it back and seeing what he really is, which is an unbelievably good player, but, but maybe not an all time, all time great. And clearly, a either a bat, either he's just a, either he's a terrible leader or, he has no desire to be a leader. He's well, which would make him a bad leader, but mm-hmm. like, I don't think it's, I don't even know if he tries to be a leader, which is a problem when you're the well, best player. I, I just th- like to be a leader, you have to have some level of like interpersonal skills. And he, he just doesn't like, I know that's maybe the like other, did you see the other, the other comment was like, after they won their game, like last week, Charles Barkley asked him if he saw differences between doc rivers and Ty Lue. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, they're different people. <laughs> <laughs> different names, different faces. Is like, yeah, his social skills are so strange. So maybe that maybe he's just not, he'll never be a good leader. Yeah. But then if you're Paul George or you're some like, you know, like somebody else has to step up. I guess. But because like you made the great point, like, like Kyle Lowry was the leader of that team. He didn't need to be this elite leader. Tim Duncan, Manu, Tony Parker, those are the leaders. So 
mm-hmm. maybe maybe the best recipe is on a team with like an absolute you know like a guy like Kyle Lowry a guy that the whole team will always follow and then you're just this Miami oh uh, yeah that that would be sick although what about Julius Randle I, I mean you know, <laughs> that is, that's the you know you want to talk about a guy who would gladly take the heat off of Kawhi Jimmy Butler yeah you know what I mean yeah just being on everyone's ass at all times. Yeah. That's a good yeah. point. Really good point. Uh, I just, there's not a lot of places where that player exists where he would immediately fit. Like obviously the Lakers, but I don't know that there's, a, there's not a lot of guys in the NBA where their personality and their ability is big enough to sort of take that away from Kawhi. Yeah. And that's one in Miami for sure. So, well, we'll see. But I, I would, if I had to peg it right now, I'd say if I had to peg it, you I'd say peg it. I'd say fifty-fifty right now to go to Miami leaves. or no, top that he top. leaves. That yeah, he leaves. yeah, okay, yeah. I think that's probably fair. Yeah. Uh, all right, that's it for tonight and for the games. Gotta unfortunately end on a sad note because there was a a story that came out today. Sean Bradley who was, I believe, the number one pick, yeah. like in 91, three, five, in the early 90s. Um, he was in a car accident two months ago, and he's paralyzed now. Gosh, yeah. I didn't know that. I, know, I, I don't think it was like publicly released. The, the Mavericks released a statement um that it had that about it to, oh I gosh, think today. It, was a, but it was a car hit his bike is that what you said sorry i didn't i i oh yeah there's a, a bike yeah but hmm. you know you didn't hear much about him after he retired he was actually you know because he was the first pick overall back in the day he was he, considered kind of a bust he was the second pick ever. second pick yeah. he was considered kind of a bust but he was the first really you know, Manute Bowl was around, but Sean Bradley was one of those early, was one of the first guys really, that he was 7'7. Seven, seven. You're like, holy mm-hmm. shit, dude. Yeah. There's humans that big. Like, that can move up and down a court. Yeah. And he was one of the league leaders in blocks every year, understandably. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is unfortunate. I can't even imagine, although I, I obviously can't imagine being paralyzed, but being seven, seven, just like the logistics of life now for him, mm-hmm. his family, like he's such a massive person. Now he's going to need help. It's just so sad. Yeah, right? Like to like, I feel obviously awful for him, but then his family, think about it. They're going to have to, there's people are going to be having to constantly take care of a seven, seven person who can't, can't move. Mm-hmm. It is such a tragic thing. Not that, one person being paralyzed is more tragic than another, but seven set. He's such, he's so big. Mm-hmm. It sucks, man. man so cool. yeah. Thoughts obviously to him, his family, anybody who's close to him, anybody who's helping him. It's just a crazy story. It sucks. Um, Sean Bradley was such a big part, like just a big presence in the NBA in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even that, even when he wasn't that great. Yeah. I mean, I know like, <laughs> that's yeah. Half these guys you referenced that played and started got their start in the early '90s. I'm not really too 
up on, right. but I know, of course I know who Sean Bradley is. Yeah. So obviously sending positive positivity and thoughts to him and his family. So, mm. um, all right. We will be back tomorrow for a fry deuce. And usually we'll our best deuces, I would say. Yeah. Typically. And, and Alex's last deuce for a week. So he's mm-hmm. going to have to really bring it. Okay. Yep. Um, and maybe we'll have some more trades tomorrow. I don't know. It's trade season. Season S S Z N. Maybe we could do a pack opening on the show. That would be kind of electric. Here's the problem with that. The drop is at 12 <laughs> Pacific, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is 3 o'clock Eastern. Yeah. I, if I get one, yeah, it's going to be real hard to sit there on that thing and not You're open right. it. You're right. Yeah. We can talk about it, but yeah, I'm not. Oh, we'll definitely talk about it. I mean, you make a good point about not being able to justify spending $229 on a pack. So there is a good chance that if I do get one and it get something really good, I'm immediately going to sell it, mm-hmm. which is probably the bad game plan. You probably want to hold on to it and let it raise in value, but I would probably sell it. Yeah. No matter what it is. So I think it's time to go because your camera just got real blurry. So, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. All, right. All right. We will see you guys tomorrow. Later. Later. <laughs>